is a very good afternoon. It is Niall Boylan with you for the next hour or so. Yes, as you can see, I'm wearing a birthday hat and a badge. See? Because, now I need to take this off because if I don't, I won't be able to use my headphones. Hang on. I'll take that back off again. But, as you can see, yes, wearing the badge because I'm actually 60 today. And thank you very much, by the way, to everybody who sent texts and WhatsApp wishing me a happy birthday. I actually made it to 60. That's an achievement in itself these days. Mind you, most of us wouldn't have made it to 60 if the government had had their way two years ago. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about COVID-19. I know, it's like the, the dirty word, the C word. Now, Leo Varadkar admits that uh, lockdown mistakes were made, but he said he owes an apology to Tony Holohan. In the meantime, Tony Holohan has released his memoirs. All right, okay, I won't be buying that one for Christmas. But the former CMO does not admit to a single mistake during the COVID crisis. Through that two and a half years of your life, he reckons he made no mistakes, none whatsoever. In his memoir, the former chief medical officer recalls his career in an often thankless field of public health. He says uh, that as a public persona, he had certainly pivoted over the years and now his recollection of the pandemic hits the shelves just before the inquiry, by the way, by the government into Ireland's COVID response. But remember, Ireland's COVID inquiry is going to be nothing like the American, nothing like the one in the UK, because Leo Varanka made it abundantly clear we're not going down that road and we're not going to start blaming people. Why not? People made mistakes that cost lives. Why don't we blame people? If it's a genuine mistake and it was based on data that was there at the time, well, that's fair enough. But if it wasn't and it was a mistake and a decision made that was just stupid and people's lives were at stake, like moving elderly people back in, or should I say moving elderly people out of hospitals and back into nursing homes where they were guaranteed to catch COVID over the age of 80 with a high vulnerability, well, that was a massive mistake that cost lives. But let's remind ourselves a little bit of COVID-19 because for some reason, I don't know if it's just me or not, it kind of blanks out of your mind, doesn't it? You're kind of going, what year is this? 2023. What happened in 2021, 2022, and the start of 23? What, hap- what actually happened? We, we kind of blank it all out of our minds because we didn't do very much apart from sitting in our houses. So let's remind ourselves. Remember those words, the little sayings? Flatten the curve. It'll only be two weeks. Do you remember all that kind of carry on? Do you remember those WhatsApps that were going around at the very start? People were getting them from China of people dying in the streets and people stepping over them. It didn't happen. It never happened because COVID-19 was never like that. It was never a virus that affected people like that. The majority of people, and here's the facts now, and we knew this six months into COVID-19, the majority of people that died were over the age of 80. COVID-19 was a little bit more dangerous than the flu if you were over 80. And if you were under the age of 70, it was less dangerous than the flu. There was never any reason to focus on the main population. We only should have focused on those that were vulnerable. We knew that is six months in, but we continued to do the longest or certainly the second longest lockdown in the world. Not only that, we do know now from the evidence that we have now that no matter what type of lockdowns that we had, and we said this at the time, but they wouldn't listen, Ireland, for example, had the second longest lockdown. Sweden had practically no lockdown whatsoever and very few restrictions. And they fared off just as well as we did, realistically, when you consider their age population. So in other words, it made no real difference. We lost billions in the economy. We lost lives to people losing their jobs and suicide and all sorts of different things. And people going through traumatic experiences, for example, watching their elderly die for probably no reason whatsoever. Because if we look at it now, COVID-19 is still here. The virus is still here. People are still getting it. They're still ending up in hospital and people still die who are vulnerable. 
but yet we're not in lockdown now. Why? Does it not matter anymore? Or was it just that it was a stupid idea to lock down in the first place? That's probably the, the latter of the two. Only two weeks, we were told. Do you remember phase five lockdown? That's where everything closed down and you weren't even allowed to leave your, leave your gaff. The government even decided how many people you were allowed to have in your house. You could only have two visitors if it wasn't family. And even if it was family, it couldn't go over six. If you went to a funeral, no more than six people. If you were getting married, no more than six people. Meanwhile, they were having golf tours with as many people as they wanted. The schools closed endlessly, of course, and young children and young people lost so much of their education and so much of their lives. I felt so sorry for the 18-year-olds who didn't experience going out to pubs and nightclubs and bars and socialising. They missed that whole part of their lives. People walking around in bubbles with 10 masks on them because they were terrified by the nonsense that was being spewed out on a daily basis on the television. Two-metre social distancing. Hotels and restaurants closed. A thousand euro fine if you even attempted to go to the airport to escape the madness. People accosted by the Garda Shikana because, wait for it, they were five kilometres more than they should have been from their house. I mean, it was unreal. And the Murphys twitching out the window through the curtains. And you look at the islands, look at them. They shouldn't be going out. They're not supposed to be going out. I'm ringing the guards. Elderly people dying unnecessarily on their own while their young, while their sons and daughters watch through windows. Vaccines, here we go. That'll stop you getting the virus, won't it? No, it didn't. They didn't even test it for that purpose. And yet we were told by the most eminent professors in Ireland, get the vaccine and you won't get the virus. Bollocks, it didn't happen. Everybody went out and got the vaccine because they kind of felt they had to because they couldn't even go on holidays if they didn't have the vaccine. And it didn't really make a huge amount of difference. They still got COVID-19. Then there was that famous word, you have, a, you have COVID-19, but I feel fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, you're asymptomatic. Whenever in history were we ever told that we were asymptomatic? Whenever in history did we have to be told we had a virus when we felt perfectly fine? Vaccine passports. You know, and this was the big one. Members of the media, including hosts, show hosts that I know well, who went on the side of the government and condemned people, and so did politicians looking down on those who chose not to get vaccinated. I never, at any stage, encouraged people to get vaccinated on the air. Somebody said I did, I didn't. I always said it was your choice. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. That's your choice. And it always should have been your choice. What happened to my body, my choice? Then we had the famous nine euro meal. Of course, COVID knew how wealthy you were. If you could afford nine euro for a meal, you were safe. Freezing outside. Do you remember that sitting outside at Christmas in 2022? In the cold, trying to have your Christmas dinner with the lads at work? Putting granddad beside an open window when it was freezing cold outside. That's what we were told to do. And who could forget Scareburn? I mean, Clareburn. Who could forget the Clareburn show? where you had scientists with sewing machines making masks live on the air. You had celebrities bouncing around in transparent bubbles and some contraption that some hairdresser came up with so she could blow dry her hair behind a screen. It was madness. Then we had, of course, the Late Late Show, which turned into a press office for the HSE and Neffet. People were banned from restaurants and hotels, public buildings, and even their jobs, unless they had a vaccine passport. 
people clambering for the first vaccine. Like it was like the Willy Wonka golden ticket for eternal life. It was incredible. And every time something didn't work, of course, it was always blamed on the new strain. Oh, yeah, we brought that in for the old strain. There's now a Delta variant that's a new, it's a slightly different one. That's why that didn't work, that thing we did. Remember the thing we did last week where loads of you lost your jobs? Yeah, well, that's, that's gone now. There's a new thing now because it's a Delta variant. Leo Varadkar, of course, speaking from both sides of his mouth on a daily basis and then reined in like some comedian on a stage with the long umbrella stick pulling him off the stage every time he said something wrong and he'd backtrack on it the next day. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Luke O'Neill telling us all that masks were only for horror movies. And then six months later, he was telling us there was evidence it stopped you from getting COVID. Now we know, of course, from the published, published evidence that are out there, gold standard evidence, that masks made little or no difference whatsoever. I seen somebody outside a supermarket in a queue and she had two masks on her. Do you remember that queuing outside supermarkets with two meter social distancing? She was queuing up anyway, two masks on her and lifting the masks every few minutes to put a cigarette in her mouth. Let's be honest, love, the cigarette will kill you before COVID will. And who could forget Luke O'Neill on the Pat Kenny show on a daily basis for the Daily Scarefest? That was wonderful. Then we had the 6-1 News, which was like some country radio station's debt notices every single day, announcing how many people were dead, how many were sick, and how many were in ICU. And it didn't matter that the numbers were low by times. It was still great news. It was still sensational. And it sold the news and sold the story. It didn't really matter. We still have as many people nowadays getting COVID-19 or the virus and ending up in hospital or possibly sadly passing away if they're elderly in most cases. And yet we don't have lockdowns. Why? Do we not care about people anymore? Or were lockdowns just a stupid idea in the first place? And let's be clear, as I said, from all the studies that have been done now of many different countries around the world with different types of lockdowns, no lockdowns or long lockdowns like we had and very strict restrictions, it made no difference to the excess deaths in those countries. So, what I want to know, after telling you all that, is how it affected your life. Because according to the CMO, Chief Medical Officer, he made no mistakes. Nope, none whatsoever. So how did COVID-19 affect your life? Your job, your livelihood, your family? How did it affect you? Do you remember? Let us know. The number, as usual, 85 122 That's 85 122.55. Let me go to Tina. Tina, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how's it going? Yeah, sorry for the long rant there, Tina. It's me birthday. I was just thinking to myself, he's, he's after, you're after listing all of the things I've come to <laughs> I'm so uh, sorry. Intro. <laughs> yeah, you had a fairly, um, a fairly good intro there. Yeah, no, um, I suppose personally speaking, um, just the lack of accountability for all of his decisions, Tony Hula's decisions, and not just him, like you said, Leo Bracker and the whole lot of um, Hall as well. But um, the main thing that I suppose we experienced on a personal level was there was a fracture in society and a lack of trust uh, because of it. Mm -hmm. And then there was also fractures in family and extended family as well. And really close friends, it created a really weird kind of a unspoken um, dissatisfaction with our choice because we decided not to get vaccinated. And I have... That's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Okay. Not to vaccinate myself or my, my children. Um, I but, don't know why yeah. they ever kept recommending, whatever about your decision to get vaccinated as an adult, right? And, you know, with all vaccinations, by the way, you have to look at the pros and the cons. And that goes without saying. 
Um, and I'm not going to get into a whole vaccine discussion, right? I've always had my doubts about the COVID-19 vaccine. But, you know, other vaccines in this world have saved billions of people's lives. But we do have to look at the pros and cons. But when it came to children, where there was no risk of them dying of COVID-19, I never understand the massive push to get children vaccinated. Yeah, the push is money, and it always has been money. Um, and if you look into it deep enough, you know, which we won't go into too much, but it's always money. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, um, they did push children to get vaccinated. They were putting pressure on children in schools. Teachers were talking about it in schools. Um, children were coming home to their parents saying, I can get vaccinated even if you don't want me to get vaccinated. Um, this kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. it, it was fracturing trust between parents and their children you know, families and friends, and it, it's never the same. You know, yeah. it's not the same anymore, my friends, that, that did get vaccinated and I didn't because, you know, we couldn't go to things together. We were left outside um, in the cold. We were discriminated against. We weren't allowed into restaurants, bars. We weren't, I wasn't allowed to take my children to see Santa um, that, that Christmas, you know. Um, uh-huh. it, it was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. And the children, my children didn't understand why can we not go this year? You know, we go every other year. Um, it was just horrendous. And, and we, we, really we, we now know there was very little benefit to all that because we know from all the studies around the world that have been done on the different types of lockdowns. Ireland, by the way, had the second longest lockdown in the world, the second strictest lockdown in the world. And we now know that was of no benefit to us whatsoever. But that, but they, but they were told that on numerous occasions. But they just wouldn't, didn't want to listen for whatever reason. Yeah, they knew, they knew about this, and like you said in your intro, there was plenty of studies that people were reading. Well, awake people, let's just say, that were looking into the research, the proper science. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never publicised that science. They only publicised the science that was paid off by pharma or whatever that would would go along with their narrative. So, you know, I think people should be held accountable for this. Um, you know, well, they are going to have an inquiry, which starts, yeah, the inquiry starts next week. But Leo Varadkar made it abundantly clear that our inquiry won't be similar to the UK or the, or the American one. And there'll be nobody um, actually getting the blame for it. In other words, it won't be a blame game, which I find well, bizarre. Well, then it's a waste of money. Well, it's it is a waste, a waste of money. It's a waste of money then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I couldn't agree with you. Um, yeah. Stay there yeah. for a sec. Well, hang on. Stay there, Tina. Let me just go to John as well. John, actually, I, I know you're busy as well, Tina, so I, I'll let you go. I know you, you want to. You twins. John, go ahead. Hey. Go ahead, John. Yeah, do you think you look like twins? Oh, you look like twins. Hold on. John, let's, let's, let's listen to John's conversation. Yeah, we look like twins, John! No, no, we don't look like twins. We, we look like sisters. Yeah. They're not identical twins. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Hold on. We'll just have a quick listen to John's conversation for a few minutes here. Hello. Hello, John. How are you? I'm not too bad yourself. Right, John. Who looks like twins, by the way? We all heard that conversation. Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, all right. John, getting I'm back to COVID. Com- I'm just complimenting two women the other side. Ah, look at you, you charmer. John, getting back to COVID-19. According to Tony Holohan, he made no mistakes. Not one single mistake. Well, I, That's a God I'll complex for you. That statement alone like, is the supreme ultimate insult to everyone out there that lost somebody belonged to them like mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, whatever, grandparents. And um, I think it's a supreme insult to say that, that no mistakes were made. What planet is this man living on? Like? Mm. But you see, he was like the sheriff in town, that, and he was like the guy that came in. Like, I mean, that the outlaws had the place taken over, and this guy came in, and his metas, people mightn't approve him, but they're still back to sheriff because the sheriff cleaned up the town. 
So this is basically where he's going, his mindset now on that. I made no mistakes. Like, well, I'm sorry, people are still recovering to this day and some people may never recover. I know people in the city here that they, they, they haven't gone out anymore. Their routine, elderly people now, their routine never came back. Mm-hmm. Because they're after getting institutionalised now. And with the winter coming now, they won't go at all. And yeah. that's all down to what happened. Absolutely. I, I, I know, John, them. I know young people who are like that. Young people who are quite oh, yeah. outgoing before COVID. And when I say young in their 20s yeah. and 30s, they were quite outgoing before COVID. And now they don't really go out at all. Yeah, no, there's a health, there's a depression, there's a health implications. But also, there's the economy, like... And, the, the daytime economy, the nighttime economy, like there's a lot of bears out just folding up and restaurants here in this city, right? And basically it's because people are no longer socialising. They're no bringing their friends around and they're socialising at home, having a meal, having a few drinks. You go to my house, I go to your house, right? Yeah. And it's affecting business built. Businesses, a lot of businesses have never fully recovered, right? No, and I And some know, of them unfortunately have gone to the wall. And yeah, a lot of them, yeah. by the way, still owe because there was a situation that the revenue commissioners at the time told businesses they could warehouse their tax. It wasn't they were letting them away with yeah. it. You could put it on hold. That's now being called yeah. in. So a lot of those businesses don't have that money to pay the tax they owed for those two years. No, no. And I mean, like, what happened in the nursing homes there where people came out of hospital and were put in and they infected the whole of the nursing home. There's one nursing home, Macarthur's 24 people died because people were brought out of a hospital uh, with, with COVID and put into to a, a, nursing, a home. nursing home. But according to Tony, that wasn't a mistake. Well, he made no mistakes, according to Tony Holland. Yeah, and, and then you had the situations, I say, like where people had to look through windows. I mean, uh, watching the loved one dying where you couldn't have only X amount at the funeral. I mean, but you know, that, that I, I don't understand. To, to some degree, John, you know, I'm very saddened by that, that very famous picture of, I think it was a man standing outside the window with his mother through the window as she took her last breath, right? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even allowed yeah, in to yeah. hold her hand. And I can tell you now, if it was my mother and father, I'd have put the window in. And I'm not being a smart Boy, I was yeah. in a very lucky yeah. situation rather than most. Because yeah. I worked in the media, I had a pass. So I'd never had a five-kilometer yeah. five lockdown. And even when I wasn't yeah. going to work, I still drove further than five kilometers, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wouldn't have adhered yeah. to that. I couldn't have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well this, well, well, this is it, you see, like, but, uh, on, like, I mean, and the, the police, I mean, like, enforced it. I mean, it's a pity they don't enforce the law on the criminals, like, which they enforced on the people of Ireland that time, but standing on bus stops, if you went down to Yarl, and you came off the bus and crafted yourself, what, what business have you here? Are you visiting someone? Is your mother and father living here? No, I came down for a walk on the beach, guard for my mental health. Oh, I can't allow you to do that. That, see, mean, but some guards, some guards were okay, and I was stopped once or twice, and I obviously had the media pass, so I was mm-hmm. fine. But but some yeah, guards yeah. were fine; they kind of just used their common sense. But there were some guards yeah. that just took that so seriously, you know, that if you hopped well, into a car, yeah, I remember. Do, do, yeah. do you remember jo, Joan? Uh, God rest her soul. She she only passed away there last year. But Joan was That's on the air good. telling yeah. us that she went down. She lived in Dundalk, and she went down to Black Rock. It was a Black Rock beach. And she was stopped in her car going down to the beach and they wouldn't let her go down to the yeah. beach to have a walk. I mean, she was yeah. an elderly woman in her 80s. She just wanted to go for a walk on the beach. What harm was that to anybody? Like, it was nutty. Mean, the like, stuff was nutty. It's ridiculous. I mean, like, how could you be any danger to yourself for others to walk in a beach or a forest? or Criminalising. You know I mean? uh, yeah, they were criminalising people for no doing sense. this. Like, it just, yeah. uh, but they just closed down. Like, the, again, look, playing into the conspiracy theorists, I suppose, theories, that like it was just a social experiment. Was it used as an social Maybe, experiment? Yeah. Just to know how, how fast you could throw society down without the people rebelling. And they did. And they didn't rebel. For for most. If 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 that was the idea, if it was. Oh, either.
Oh, hang on, we, we've lost you there. Um, we're going to have to just restart them there. Sorry about that. I get it, uh, Norman, and, and, and the whole audience, I'll get you all back very quickly, all right? Um, we're talking about COVID-19, and the reason I'm talking about it is because the headline in one of the papers, Irish Independent, today, one of the opinion pieces was that Tony Holohan, in his memoirs, said he didn't make one mistake. Leo Varadkar said, admitted that we made mistakes. And he, he also wants to apologise to Tony Holohan, and talks about the inquiry into COVID-19, but the Irish inquiry will have... Um, there will be no blaming anybody as far as he's concerned. It's nobody's fault if there was mistakes made. And for a lot of people, COVID-19 is a time they would like to forget. And I'm sadly reminding you about it today because it had so much of an effect on society, had a massive effect on society. And I want to know what sort of effect it had on you. You can text or you can WhatsApp us and the usual number. And the number, as I said before, is 085-100-2255. That's 085-100-2255. Um, all right, who am I going to go to now? i got to go to, I think it's Norman. And he will appear there any second. In the meantime, if you do want to give us a text or a WhatsApp, you can. If you want to come on the air, by the way, do WhatsApp us as usual. It's 085-100-2255. That's 085-100-2255. Or indeed, you can email us at nile at nileboylan.com. Uh, Norman, how are you doing? Hello, Niall. How are you doing? Great, sorry, great sorry. Uh, rant. No, thanks sorry. very much indeed. Sorry for losing everybody's call there for a second. No worries. Uh, so, Norman, uh, tell us your story. Now, you were in Denmark at the time, were you, during the lockdowns? Unfortunately not. I wish I was, but okay. uh, I, I couldn't travel there because of the, you had to have a vaccine and all the other uh, stuff. Yeah. But uh, I managed to get to send my two kids over before. Your family are from uh, Denmark, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My, my, my spouse and, and the kids are Danish. And okay. I'm Irish. But, um, you know, most of my families uh, have like 50 vases over there. Yeah. And like we get relatives, we get updates every day from how it was going during COVID. They had no lockdowns. You know, they were all going on holidays. They were all just, life was normal. Uh, no but well, they, they did have that. some restrictions. They, now they, you know, they kind of had, yeah, they, they didn't, but they didn't enforce them by law. Yeah. Yeah, there was a hundred people you could invite to your party or to your gathering. A hundred people, no more. Yeah, yeah. 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 So not six like in <laughs> Ireland. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, I thought yeah. the funniest thing we did when I say funny, it's so sad when you think about it. Another was at Christmas. You, do you remember that Christmas thing? You were only allowed oh, four no. or five people in your house. Yeah, they actually told you how many people you were allowed to have in your own home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a law. In, in Denmark, that was a law. Fifty. Yeah, that was a law. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Denmark, that was fifty. Yeah, and you know, I I was listening to them being, oh yeah, we're going on a holidays now, and we we were on that five kilometer lockdown. You couldn't even go. To, uh, I live near Massey Wood, or near the Dublin Mountains, and we love going there for a walk, but we couldn't go there because it was a little over five kilometers. We were afraid of being stopped by the police. It was a complete nightmare. It was like something like from a, poli- a horror movie. <laughs> it is like a police state, isn't it? You were, you couldn't walk go five kilometers in case you were stopped by the police. It was like a police. Show me your papers. It was like a police yeah. state. And, and meanwhile, as you mentioned, they were going on holidays. If you dared to even think about going on holidays to escape it, because remember, flights were running. There were flights running to holiday destinations yeah. at the time. Although the government, the Department of uh, Foreign Affairs, were telling people not to travel. And if you dared yeah. to go to the airport, the police were at the airport and they give you a thousand euro fine for even thinking about it. Do you remember that? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder, by the way, did, I wonder did, uh, who got fined, because I know a lot of people did, but did anybody yeah. actually pay the fine? Because I tell you, no, I wouldn't have paid it. I wouldn't have paid it. And I wouldn't have, I, if my father and mother was dying, they'd have to arrest me to stop me going to see them. You know, yeah. I know friends of mine whose mother were, did die, and they were, and they, like you said, they, they, they weren't allowed to go and see them. I mean, uh-huh. are you crazy? 
Yeah, I would. Say, no, say goodbye to your mother and father. Ima- imagine missing out, and I'm, there's people listening today who missed out on you know holding yeah. their parents' hands or their loved ones' hands as they took their last breath. Yeah, I, that's crazy that the government would have that much control over people. Exactly. But, I, people, I, but here's I mean, the thing, Norman. People it. did it. Here's the problem, we right? Did. And I said it all. The, I was one of the only, and I'm, I'm not blowing my own trumpet. I was one of the only no. broadcasters on radio at the time who didn't agree with the government's restrictions. The rest of them were all pandering. Yeah. The rest of the media were all pandering to them, right? But what Absolutely. I couldn't figure out is why people were so compliant to stupidity. Some of it I understand. Yeah. There was a bit of a fear factor, yeah. and I get that. You know, the social yeah. distancing and all that. But why were people so compliant when some of the stuff was so ridiculous? Why were they so compliant? Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. It seems the Irish people are, are like that. and We seem to be like that with everything. I, I remember, like you said, about uh, Luke O'Neill saying about, he came on, on the, I said, drive me crazy. It drove, it drove my wife crazy. He was saying, this. he'd come on and say, oh, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd, the masks are useless. I actually recorded him saying, the masks are useless and are pointless, but wear the mask. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, we, we now know we now know the masks were useless. By the way, the, the studies have shown. Yeah, and I remember towards the end of COVID nineteen, when they actually started opening some of the flights again, we were still in kind of semi lockdown mode here, and places were still closed. I went to Florida, and yeah. it, it was like a different world. Like nobody yeah. was wearing masks, with the exception of people in Disneyland. No, they're all in fantasy land anyway. Nobody was wearing masks. <laughs> You know, no, and people no. were wandering around. Life was normal. Nowhere was closed down. They, I think Florida, their lockdown lasted one month. And DeSantis said, no, this is ridiculous. We can't continue this. It lasted one month. That was at the start. And I understand yeah. at the start the cautiousness at the very start because we didn't know what it was. But after a few months, yeah. we knew what it was. There was no need for all of that. And when but, I went like there, I it was said, just bizarre. Yeah. Exactly. The same thing. I went in the, before we had our, our lockdown finished. I was in September in Denmark. And uh, it was great. It was, yeah. it was such a relief when I got off the plane and you saw people just interacting, no masks, no anything. The news, you looked at the news, there was nothing about oh, somebody died or somebody this, the scaremongering and all that. That this kind of, it was like 1984 or something in Ireland. It was. But Denmark's like, I couldn't believe it. I said, wow. And you felt such a relief mentally, I think mentally and physically, but I think mentally that caused so much damage to so many people. I, I, I know a, a good friend of mine. He, his wife was was is, is is you know afraid of infections and all that. She made him sleep in the car until he got an injection and the vaccination. And, and, and we know now, by the way, we were told a lie about the vaccinations. We were told at the very start, and Luke O'Neill even put it up on his Twitter account to get the vaccinations that he was quoting somebody that it will give you one hundred percent protection against COVID. That was a lie. The, the vaccine, and we now know Pfizer have admitted they never tax- tested the vaccine for transmission. In other words, it made yeah. no difference. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that was the whole point of having the vaccination that you wouldn't spread it. But the worst thing is that also they said about you know the masks, and people said okay, and, and, and people saying you have to wear a mask. And then he, I go into a room of empty, I take the mask off. Yeah. And yeah. and but that's crazy because. The, the, it's spread by you know the droplets, but also by like uh, the mist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and the I, tiny particles that the mask would never stop. Sorry, I'm gonna thank you. Now I'm gonna have to rush two people today because so many people want to get on. Hang on, John. I'll come back to you in a second. I need to go to Joe Morris. Uh, Joe, how are you doing? Uh, good afternoon, Neil, and uh, a very happy birthday uh, to you on behalf of myself. Thank you very much indeed. Where's my badge gone? I'm at to lose my bloody badge. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm sixty today. That's Jeez. right. What are you saying, Jesus, for John? 
Try no, did you, ever think, did you ever think you'd see the deer? Did you ever think I'd make it to 60? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, but the, the fact that, that you'd actually openly admit live in there that you're 60. <laughs> I know. But look at me. Look, well, if you're watching that on video at the moment, I'm only a spring chicken. I don't look a day over 40. Anyway, sorry. Well, hard, fair mistake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go on, Joe. What do you want to say, Joe? Yeah, well, I tell you something. You're talking there about the whole thing, and I second everything what the lads are saying there. It was an absolute disgrace what uh, what that tour I done to this country. Mm. And as a result of him... It wasn't just him now, there was other people. Yeah, but yeah, go on. Yeah, you'd have meant yeah, right he, he was the ringleader, uh, be honest, no. He called the shot. Oh, he did, yeah. The rest, yeah. Of, them, the rest of them were only uh, following the, the orders, like, you know? Yeah. Um, but I agree with you, they were all in it, but he was the, the ringleader. Um, the thing about it is, I had a mental breakdown as a result of uh, the whole thing. I had to stop listening to the whole thing. I, I the only person that I got a bit of uh, silence for was from was from yourself. You were the only broadcaster who kept me sane during the whole thing, and you gave us a vo- you gave me and you gave others a voice. Um, I was on the verge of nearly taking my own life as a result. Oh, I'm sorry, ah, Joe. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, I was, ner- and only for people like yourself and other good friends of mine. I probably wouldn't be here today talking to you, Niall. I could be just floating down the river. Oh, no, I'm so sorry to hear that, Joe. I'm so sorry to hear yeah. you went through a tough time. But, yeah. I, but, but I'm not, but I'm not surprised. Those, There's many people did. During those, those dark days, especially the third lockdown, that was the worst period yeah. for me. Yeah. The third lockdown between January and April of 2021. That was like when the whole world was just about 10 for me, really. And was, it, was and that 21 I, or 22, the third lockdown? Was that 22? No, 21. The lockdown started in March 2020, but uh, the real hardest one was between January and May 2021. Do you okay. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yes, they, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it. When okay. they came out, I'm losing when, track when of they, time. Sorry. When they came out and they announced on the 6th of January that we're going to lock the country down for so many weeks. And with, after those weeks, I was in an awful way. I wasn't even going out or anything. I was nearly just... I existing. Didn't know what to do with you were just existing. Yeah. And... I heard, I was turning on, sadly, listening to the likes of RT and all that rubbish. And that was probably the worst thing you could have done during COVID. Yeah, on, yeah. well, yeah. and you know something, the amount of lies that was told by certain groups, it was an absolute disgrace. RTE, uh, RTE, genuinely, I, I, I know people give out about RTE, uh, but they're 100% right when it came to COVID. They should hang their heads in shame because as much they as... They should, of course. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, don't get they me wrong. Prime time and all those programs are good programs, et cetera, et cetera. But they never challenged the government when it came to COVID-19. But you're prime, you're, you're talking there about the airports while ago. They sent people up to the airport. That's right. And they threatened the living daylights out of people and demonized them on television, on live television. Yep. And then started doing a roving commentary. And I tell you something, it was an absolute disgrace. And I'll tell you something, if anyone, if it was me, I would have sued him. Mm. I would have sued the pants off him. Yeah. And I never forgive RT for that. And, I, and Virgin Media the same. You had a certain broadcaster on Virgin Media every night telling people, oh, stay home, wash your hands, stay home, or you die from the virus. You know, all that, r- that rubbish, like, you know? Mm. And, and, and by the way, I do want to recognise that people did die from the virus, but the majority of people that died, sadly, yeah, were yeah, people yeah. who were quite elderly and vulnerable. You know, under yeah. the age of 70, it was no more risk than the flu. But, so like, they were telling us there, right, I, 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 went, I was out a lot during the lockdown. I didn't hear to majority, but I'd just done my own thing. And I was talking to two uh, women, two friends of mine, 
and they were told, and they were just going for walks, and they were actually intimidated by members of the the Gardaí. They were told if they didn't get home, they'd be forced home. No, right. That's how embarrassing, uh, uh, degrading it was. You know? Joe, well, look, I'm really sorry, Joe, that you went through such a hard time. And by the way, thank you for sticking with us. I'm I'm so glad you're still around. By the you're, way, you're, you're the only you're the only broadcaster the that that spoke for us during the whole thing. And well, I'm, I, I'm I, glad I, I'm glad you've acknowledged that, and, I, and I'm also glad, by the way, and I'm really happy that it made a difference to your life, and I hope it made yeah. a difference to some well, people's I, lives. I, I, as I say, I love, I always listen to you, Niall, and you're the only broadcaster that talks the truth. And a very happy birthday again to you, Niall. Thank I you. hope you enjoy every moment of it. Thanks very much indeed, Joe. Appreciate it. It's good to have Joe still around with us. Morris, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. Turn down John O'Dea's mic, will you? I was listening to him mumbling when you were having your rant. He was having a conversation with somebody else. Yeah, he was having a conversation with two Owens or something about how well they looked or something. He was charming twins, the pants off somebody, him. Yeah. Oh, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be no, uh, they wouldn't be uh, identical twins. I could hear them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, no, Morris, how did it affect you? Yeah. Um, it, it affected everybody. It affected the whole country. You know, I had to... I was like you, I was in the services and I had a pass and I could come and go and do what I was needed through me walk, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, i tell you who it affected the most. The whole of the people of Ireland, from the elderly down to the newest baby being born. The special needs kids, special needs adults, everything was cut. Keep them home, they're getting nothing. Uh, pregnant women in hospitals, their partners weren't allowed in, the trauma they caused them. People with children. Um, there were so many lies told, by the way, just in going back to the vaccine. Yeah. They they did say at the time that the vaccine would have no effect on pregnant women and they recommended they take it. They've now published a paper last week in The Lancet, which shows yeah. that the mRNA vaccine was found, they found evidence of it in breast milk. So, yeah. now I, they don't know the dangers of that or what dangers that could, could hold. But, but what I'm saying yeah. is they did things and they said things that they weren't sure of. Exactly, and we were the ones that suffered for it, the public in general. So now I think you know the reason why the hatred was at Leinster House yesterday, because that's how people feel about the I, 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 I agree with the hatred, and I agree with the but, anger. But not and what I, they don't. No, I don't, but I don't agree with them, you know, abusing or physically hurting anybody or trying to hurt no, anybody. Once you, once you get physical with somebody, you lose your argument. Oh, yeah, completely. But they didn't represent me or represent you, the people, what they've done. And, you know, they should be held accountable for what they've done. But mm. I'll tell you, the nurses and the doctors were thrown into the deep end by the government. And I'll tell you one thing about Method and the group that's been written. I learned to say a lesson a long time ago. My mother told me, self-praise is no praise. Mm. Well, Tony Holahan said he didn't make one single mistake. No. His words, his words, not mine. Check. He never made a mistake during the cervical check. Oh, he, 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 reckons, uh, he reckons, according to his memoir from what I read last week, that, that, that he was misrepresented in that whole thing. Well, I don't know. He was the chief medical officer. Of course he was, and he has to take the blame for something. Yeah. Exactly, and that's why women are in the ground. Uh, What did we do? I think the the only thing we've learned about what went on in COVID, the people of Ireland have learned not to trust the government and their allies. Have they really learned that? I think so. Well, you saw a reaction to them yesterday, and it went overboard. Uh, uh, Well, hang on. With the greatest respect, Morris, there wasn't that many people there yesterday. You see, it's the people that turned up. It was the sentiment. And... When people feel betrayed in this country, I couldn't understand why people bought a mock gallows to the Leinster House. Yeah, people know. felt betrayed. And what you do is you hang traitors. And that's why the gallows was there, to send them a message. And people are hurt by it. But the, the thing that freaked me out the most, the elderly people that were double bagged in body bags and zipped and thrown into the ground and not a single ceremony or a priest 
that's trauma for the rest of their lives because of who they are and what they believe in. Yeah, no, I, I understand. And this, I remember having a guy in the air there about seven or eight weeks ago, and he couldn't go to his father's funeral or his brother's funeral because they only allowed six and there was eight people in his family or something like that. I can, and, and he said he will never forget this as long as he lives. He will blame the government for the fact that he couldn't even go to his own brother's funeral. Memories last a lifetime. You know that as well as I do. Thank you, Morris, for that. Let me go to Paul Traveau, the celebrity chef. He's an acclaimed celebrity chef, but he would have been affected very badly. Paul, how are you? I'm good, Niall. I think you're the only one who calls me a celebrity these days. Okay, well, just, I'll just call you <laughs> chef from now on. Then, will I? <laughs> <laughs> well, Travo, I like Tra- Travo's restaurant. Uh, Paul, of course, the restaurant and hospitality industry were affected probably more than any other industry in the country. Uh, from an industry point of view, and probably more than any other industry anywhere in the world here in Ireland because we had the longest lockdowns. Yeah, and, and we're still feeling um, I think the most frustrating thing now is that, you know, people might uh, give out about, you know, throughout COVID. I was obviously shouting and screaming throughout the whole two, three years of it. But the reality of it is, is that if Tony Hoolan walked into a, into a bar, people would jump up and ask to get a selfie with him because we're just, I don't know what is wrong with us because... So many industries. I was listening to Joe there earlier on, and that he was contemplating taking his own life. I know, going, I know. God, so sad. How, how many people did that we don't know of? Yeah, uh, because it was it was absolute hell and torture. And and I'm listening to Tony Hoolan saying that he made no mistakes. I'm listening to Michael Martin over in New York saying how brilliant of a job the government did. And I'm going, you do realize hundreds of thousands of people' livelihoods were destroyed and lives were destroyed because of this. And there's just, there's no mention of it. And nobody would ever give anybody the time of day during COVID. We all, all we ever heard was one interview of a Taoiseach on his own, of a, a, a CMO on, on his own. And nobody was ever questioned. And the media, I know we say about the government. Shameful. The, the media were shameful. The media should hang their heads in shame. And I'm listening to some of the journalists coming out now thinking they're all great asking these tough questions. Well, here's now. the and thing. Going, they were sh- well, let, let me tell you something, Paul, right? Because this is my podcast, and I can tell you now, they were shitting themselves, the media. So the problem was, for most of the media, and understandably, they lost their bollocks, right? And I'm surprised the yeah. French. Because all their advertising was down the drain. Now, I'm talking about independent media, right? Not RTE. Correct. So all their advertising went, the cinemas closed, the holiday companies closed, the flights were gone, the, you know, the festivals were gone. All the things they'd normally advertise were all stopped. So there was no advertising. So they were depending yeah. on the HSE advertising for lockdowns and phases and all this. And then they were depending on the odd handout from the Broadcasting Authority. The Broadcasting Authority, I think, on two occasions gave them all about 60 grand each, right? Because, you have to remember, it costs about 40 grand a month to run a radio station, right? A decent radio station. Yeah. So they were depending on the government. So they were terrified to say anything bad about them in case the government said, oh, don't give them the money the next time around. Just do something I'm saying. Because, or they wouldn't get the advertising from the HSE or whatever it happened to be. They were terrified to do anything. So they didn't want to question it. They weren't questioning like, it, I, with the exception of one or two. I, t- I think what needs to be taken from that, Niall, the most important thing is how easy, the, how easy it is to buy the media. So if you but, but it wasn't, but here's the thing. They were wrong because I questioned it. I was on Ireland's yeah. Classic Radio. I questioned it on a regular basis and they didn't take the money away because if they had of, it would have been all over the papers. I would have made a big deal about it and said, how dare they do that just because you challenged them, they won't fund you anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, and also, like when, when people turn around and kind of question the cost of living at the moment and everything, this is all directly down to COVID. No matter what they say, it's all down to COVID. You can't stop the world's economy for two years and expect to just open up again and off we go. What was the and estimate? $75 trillion COVID cost the world. $75 trillion. Tony didn't, Tony didn't make a mistake. 
<laughs> and Michal didn't make a mistake. But we know now I there's mean, been family. massive studies done now of every country in the world that did different types of lockdowns and restrictions. There's been so much uh, publications on it now. And they all have said exactly the same thing. It made no difference. None. You could have a lockdown as strict as hell or have no lockdown and the excess deaths were more or less exactly the same. It, it didn't make a difference. But, but the, the crazy thing was, and, and here's what, what the crux of it was, was that it didn't affect enough people. So the majority of my friends were ringing me going, why are you on the radio pissing and moaning again? And I'm going, where are you at home? What are you doing? I'm working. All right, yeah. and how is your salary affected? No, still full salary. And bonuses? No, full bonuses. Yeah, and, 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 so and you know what one of my mates said to me? One of my mates said, oh, that was great. He says, I'm saving a fortune. Absolutely. And a lot of people did save a fortune. Obviously, childcare went out because they were, everybody was at home. People were like, weren't obviously socialising. People weren't out spending. So a lot of people actually did quite well financially out of it. And I'm not talking about the people who sold stuff during COVID who made a ridiculous amount of money. I'm talking about just Joe Soap, who didn't have to travel in and out of work, who wasn't having lunch five days a week in town, who wasn't meeting his mates on a Friday night for pints. And so people saved money. So it didn't affect enough people for them to go, oh, like, throughout us now, I was crazy, you were crazy. We yeah. were going, anytime we questioned, I think, oh, geez, those mad fellas. Now that we're right, they're going, are they still going on about it? Shit, that was like last year. Nobody wants to be listening to that crap again. Nobody's turning around going, the crazy guys were actually right. And, and nobody's turning around and saying, when is it going to happen again? Yeah, and, and most importantly, nobody's going to turn around and say, well, when are, when are we going to actually take the guys to task? who made these huge mistakes. Oh, well, well, Leo has absolutely clarified that there will be an inquiry. The inquiry starts next week, actually. And he said there will be an inquiry, but they're not going to do what they did in the UK. There'll be no blame game here. Yeah, yeah. So that's so what's the point in having an inquiry, so? Absolutely, we're sure. It's only just going to cost the taxpayer more money for nothing. The usual, here's, here's our findings, lads, but drive it on now. Forget yeah, well, about it. Well, look, I hope the stakes are selling well down there, Paul, and I hope you're getting a bit of business for the end of the summer anyway. If that's what you want to call it. Do you know what? Do you know what the funny thing is? Now, you know me now on social media, and I get a load of trolls and bots going, ah, I hope your restaurant burns down and <laughs> you're only a bollocks and all the usual kind of stuff. Because of the way I spoke out, the amount of sane, sound minded, and th- uh, proper thinking people that have come into us in Travels in Killarney has been absolutely incredible. The support we got was huge because I took a very, very strong stance put my head above the wall that was there to be shot off at any stage. And thankfully, a lot of people have appreciated it and, and we're seeing the support from it ever since. So, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. No, it's not. Listen, Paul, thank you very much indeed. Paul Travaux, I won't call him celebrity chef. He doesn't want to be called that. Acclaimed chef. Famous chef. That's what you want to call him. Thank you, Paul. Uh, let me go to Angela. Angela, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? Okay, on a more serious note, I mean, I, I listed off all those things that probably brought back a lot of bad memories to people earlier on about COVID-19, but Tony Holohan in his memoir says, I made no mistakes. Um, I think at the start, you know, they were doing what they thought was right, okay? I agree Nobody with that, yes. That. Nobody can take that away. That's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. But kind of, as it went on, um, I'm going to use a little bit of a swear word here, so um, my apologies to everyone. They just made fucking Egypt out of us. Mm. And that's the way I look at it. But we were all happy. We were all happy to be made fucking Egypt's of, if that's what you want to say. Do you understand? It seemed that nobody nobody seemed to care. I can remember um, at the start of this being on the show on Classic Hits with yourself in tears down the phone because all I wanted to do was give my mum and dad a hug. Yep. And I remember. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Um, I wasn't living at home. I was um, so far away from them, and 
um, it, it wasn't the fact that I lived so far away and couldn't go down. It's what that I wasn't allowed to go down. The guards were you there know? to stop you. Yeah. The guards were there to stop me. Um, and then my gorgeous aunt, my dad's aunt um, over in England, she died and we couldn't go to the funeral. Um, and we had to watch it online as they did in the States, our relations in the States, and we all would have travelled for it. Um, sure, I got a broadcasting complaint because I encouraged a woman who was dying to go and see her daughter before Christmas. She was terrified on the radio one night to me saying that she wanted to go and see her daughter. And yeah. she said she was afraid she was going to get stopped. It was towards the I end. Yeah, and, and she said, I booked the Ryanair for, or my daughter booked the flight for me for tonight to go to Scotland to see her. And I'm afraid to go to the airport. I said, just go. Just go. Yeah. And yeah. we got a complaint over that because I encouraged her to break the rules, right? Now, sadly, that woman ended up, she went, she was delighted. She came back on the air to tell me how great it was. A month later, yeah. her daughter came on the air with her in the background and she only had days to live. She had a brain tumor, or a massive brain hemorrhage, I think, or something like that. She only had days to live. And she spoke to me briefly on the phone. I nearly cried my eyes out listening to her. And, yeah. and all she wanted to do was thank me for encouraging <laughs> her doing that. I was so glad I did it. I didn't care. Yeah, I was the same now. Um, my cousin passed away um, in the, the December, a couple of days before Christmas. And um, we, you know, you're kind of humming and hawing. Do I go? Don't I go? Do I go? And next I went, no, I'm going. I'm going. Because she was my youngest cousin and I adored her and she had learning disabilities and she and I was like, I'm not co- I'm not going to let her, you know, be there on her own. And, yeah. and I just I traveled down to Cork and I went into the funeral home and I sat with her. Yeah. You know, and it broke it broke my heart. And like my when when I saw the the one thing that it it did make me see was um, how protective my dad got of my mom because she's a smoker. She's, you know, now she's, she's cut down massively in the past few years. But just, now, you know, always adored her. Always yeah. kind of thing. But he, you know, he wouldn't let her go out. He wouldn't let her go shopping. He wouldn't let her, you know, he actually stopped speaking to her for a day nearly because she went up to... You know, to do a bit of a shopper to the bank without him. Do you know? Yeah. Um. That 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 was a massive. I, I, and you know what? For older people, particularly, it was te- it was quite terrifying. And and it don't get me don't get me wrong. There was a little bit of a risk for older people. Of course, they were a bit more vulnerable when it came to COVID nineteen. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Like they would be to any you know viral infection. Yeah. But in saying that, the media terrorized them. Absolutely terrorized them. Completely. And um, do, do you know what the thing about it was, right? My dad, my mum and dad, the following year in October, went to Spain when you could travel. And my dad came back and uh, we, we, went, um, we went up to stay in the, the Shelburne in December. Mm-hmm. And I bought a Shelburne candle for them. They're beautiful. Um, you know, kind of as a momentum of it. And we said to dad, here, have a sniff of that. And he was like, I can't smell we were like, what? He was like, I can't smell. <laughs> we were like, since when? And he was like, October. And we were like, what? Would you not have told one of us? <laughs> yeah, I know. He had COVID, but didn't realise it. 
And there we are terrified. That if, you know... Well, I, well, I did say that earlier on. There was a case of, you know, do you remember this asymptomatic thing? Which was a word we had never heard in our lives before. Asymptomatic. Yeah. It was the only virus in Ireland's history that I think you, you had to be told you had. Yeah. Yeah. That was it, cause, and it was the same with mum. They, they got it then again. The following year. So I, I, I got it once. Well, allegedly got it, Right. I went into work, somebody seemingly had COVID and was off, and then they demanded everybody, every one of us get tested, right? Um, so I went, oh, Jesus, right, give me the test. So I came up positive, and they said, right, you better go home. And I said, I'll just go into the studio and do my job, and then I'll go, because it was like a quarter to, I think the show was at 12 to 2, and it was like half, to, half 11, and they said, no, no, you have to go now. And I said, but I'm going to be in a studio on my own. I feel perfectly fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. No, you better go home. So I had to go home for a week. It was a week off work. There was nothing wrong with me. I had no symptoms of anything. It was the most ridiculous. Imagine having a virus you had to be told you had. Angela, sorry, I have so many people I need to get to. I do apologise. Let me just go to LA as well. LA, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? I'm good. But I'm not, I still have a cold, actually. I have a cold since last week. Yeah, but, you know. I was just thinking that you sounded a bit nasally. Yeah, yeah, I have a cold um, since last I'm on antibiotics. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. the old uh, the old wise tales are probably the best. The old ginger and honey, lemon, garlic. Yeah, probably, probably. Go ahead, anyway, LA. Anyway, um, I think, quite frankly, that um, Tony Hooligan, I mean, Hooligan, sorry. Tony Hooligan. Um, <laughs> yes, is, is, is insulting people by saying he did nothing wrong. Because I have four questions that, if he's listening, I'd love him to answer. Why didn't he ever take into account the people that couldn't actually physically wear masks? Yeah. Um, because of, because of this, um, they were turned away from hospitals, doctor surgeries, chemists, and the likes. And my even Tesco's. Would be, what? Even Tesco's. She couldn't even go to a supermarket without a mask on you. Ah, well, if you spoke to them nicely, they'd let you in. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the hospitals and doctors, chemists, it was, it was terrible. Like, um, I was turned away, my partner was turned away, and he has serious uh, illness. So no, I hated the masks. I had this crumpled up thing in my pocket. That only if I really had to put it on somewhere, I would. My problem was because I worked in the media, somebody was just waiting to get a photograph of me in a supermarket somewhere without it. So I just kind of had this crumpled thing, and I would always just pull it down under my nose anyway. Didn't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, my second question would be to him. Um, well, why did he move those elderly people from hospitals into the into the care homes, and and why is there no investigations into that? My third well, I assume that's going to be part. That's going to be part of the inquiry, but. Leo Varadkar did say there will be no blame game, so it, but it will oh. be part of the inquiry as to how that happens. Well, there'll be blame game on on our side of things, and I know plenty of people that be playing the blame game there. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, my third question would be: um, Why has he not come out and said anything since the Pfizer data has revealed that uh, it didn't stop transmission and that it wasn't safe for pregnant women? You know, so I I don't understand how nobody's talking about this. And then my fourth question would be, why won't he or any other government bodies speak about the excess deaths? Now, we at um, wakeupera.com did extensive research into this, and there's 13,900 deaths and counting. Yeah. I mean, the excess deaths this year is actually higher than it was during COVID. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And the hospitals were empty in 2020. And yes, I just, all of it just seems... Mad, like a clown world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are right. Mm. The, vi- uh, the the vaccine, which people clamoured for, as I said earlier on, like there were tickets to Willy Wonka's factory, um, you know, or tickets for uh, eternal life. Um, they, we were told, and Luke O'Neill actually put it on his Twitter account, 
at one stage and um, get the COVID vaccine and you're actually at one stage he was quoting somebody else I think he said you're 100% will not get COVID-19 that was a lie yeah. then then they said it would slow down transmission or stop transmission that was also a lie because they Pfizer have admitted themselves they've never tested for transmission so that was also a lie and people by the way were stopped from going places going into restaurants going into bars based on that theory that it wasn't going to yeah. That it, that it would stop transmission when we actually didn't know that at all. So there was a lot of lies told or untruths. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, it's like he's rubbing salt into wounds by coming out and with this But his argument, his argument would be, and I'm not going to defend him because I personally don't like him, but his argument is going to be, well, we didn't know that at the time, so essentially it wasn't a mistake. We did it with the best intention. Well, why didn't they research a bit further about breathing in your own carbon dioxide all day? Like, I have cutaneous lupus and I have PTSD. I wore the mask four times each week going to the supermarket. I've never left my 12-year-old on his own. And I was terrified for the first four weeks. I have to say, the gloves, the mask, going up to the supermarket. But every time I got out of the supermarket, I'd have a panic attack. And I thought, I can't live like this. So that sent me down the, the rabbit hole. And then once I realized that breathing in your own carbon dioxide all day is actually really bad for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, know it's good, but it, 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 some people wore them all day. Some people if didn't. If I could research it at the start, why couldn't he? Yeah, although I thought the funniest thing is when I seen people driving on their own in their cars wearing a mask. I was going, <laughs> what? I seen, I genuinely seen a guy in a swimming pool with a mask on him. It's ridiculous. Oh, there was actually when we were away, when we sat in Carmel, we were away in Florida this year, right? Because there's still some people wearing masks, as you know, right? Now, for whatever reason, that's their own business, right? That's what they want to do. There was a guy on the beach in the sea with a mask on him. I remember us two was laughing and I kept saying, get a picture of him quick. He had a mask on in the sea, like a surgical mask. I go, what is wrong with people? Yeah, that's the media's fault. The scaremongering, the fearmongering was absolutely insane. And it's one thing I, I hear you. The Claire Byrne show was a great laugh altogether. Wasn't I was it? at that protest yesterday, right? Right. And I have to say, the way they portrayed it on RTE was absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to get into the protest essay, but I will say one thing, right? To all the people that were there and doing all the shouting and roaring, they were fine. That's what you're there for a protest for, to shout and roar and give out yeah. about the government, right? I yeah. don't agree with them jostling politicians, pushing politicians, throwing oh, things I, at them. I don't agree with that part either. No, but the, I can, but it's I despicable. Can hear their frustration, you know. I, don't, I appreciate the anger, and they're right to be angry, and they're right to be frustrated, and shout and roar all you want, and call them names if you want to, right? But what I've seen, uh, I mean, of all people, by the way, Michael Healy Ray, I have Michael on the show on a regular basis. Okay, he's not perfect. You know, makes a few mistakes, but he's not the worst of them. And, and you he's know, the they're, lesser of the evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they're pushing him around, they're jostling him, they're throwing. Somebody said they threw urine well, at him. I mean, stop. But the only reason I brought it up, Niall, is because on the mainstream media, why did they not ask one protester, not one of us, why we were actually there? Why yeah. were we there? You know, and I think that is, again, well, I mean, one they, narrative shut down people. I know, but the problem is, LA, at those protests, those types of protests, not 80, 90% of people who are there are there genuinely. They're there for the right reasons, you know, to protest against something they're angry about. That's fine. But there's 10% yeah. are gougers. And they're just there. Oh, they're just there to cause problems. And they ruin it for everybody. It just ruins the protest because that's all that we ever see then in the media is the gougers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I have asked uh, anybody I see getting rowdy, say, no, we're going to be painted in a very bad light. You know, you've got to keep this yeah. reasonable. And explain why you're actually here, you know. And I, I spoke to the guards on one of the, the uh, 
speakerphone things and I, I said to them, I'm sure you joined the Gardaí to serve and protect the Irish people. Why aren't you doing that? You know, you're not working under your oath. I brought up a few other things as well and I begged them to get on the right side of history. And I said it very calmly and very nicely. And that's why I'm there for, for the children, for their future. Everything that's happened to this country, it, it's so, it, it makes okay. me so sad. Okay, well, I suppose COVID is a lesson to be learned for a lot of people because there was a lot of stuff made there, mistakes made. Anyway, thank you for that. I'm going to go to Neve, Adam, and then Frank, sorry, in that order. So many people, by the way, want to get on. Neve, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good. Neve, COVID-19, a lot of mistakes were made, but according to Tony Holland, the chief medical officer, he didn't make one. Right, well, I know it's wrong. I don't agree with it at all, but what happens if he does admit he did something wrong? What happens then? Well, and I, who who will affect? You know what I mean. Well, I it, um, I, th- I think it's okay to acknowledge that we made mistakes. I do too, but that's not the way they look at it. Wouldn't they be sued by everybody? Uh, no, not necessarily. I, no, not necessarily. It depends on where they make those uh, those admissions and what the admissions are. I mean, they you know you could easily say, look, we made a mistake doing this, this, and this, but that was the data we had at the time. In hindsight, that was the wrong thing to do. That's okay to say yeah. that. You know yeah, I mean? but you'd have other people jumping on the bandwagon and saying, right, okay, it would open up a can of worms. Like, yeah, but I think it I sounds worse to say I made no mistakes. It kind of sounds like he has a God complex. You know what I mean? Well, well, that's the thing that bothers me. Just like the government and anyone in entirety of this country, they are acting like God. And they're looking down on people like us, and that's what bothers me. But regarding COVID and, and the lockdown, I had a wonderful time. <laughs> I have to admit, and like Paul said, it's okay for people to say that if they got paid. But um, now I'm saying that as well, I didn't realise, I wasn't looking ahead at what was going to happen. I was thinking of myself and keeping family safe. I was terrified in the beginning. I was. Well, most people and, were at the beginning, yeah. Of course, yeah. But I have to say, I enjoyed it because I was so stressed from running around, like most people. So what, did you end up working from home? Uh, sometimes it, it, I could sit. I had a lot of time off. I could sit back and reflect on things, and I okay. just loved it. But at the end of 2022, the depression hit me very bad. Yeah, it's all, it's all right for a short while, you know that kind of stuff, but yeah. maybe not too, for too long. But um, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It seems to be the way in this country. I don't want to go into other things. It's um, they will not take responsibility for anything anywhere. The same as what you're saying, the media or T and all. It's just. It's ridiculous that they need. We need to change that. We do. Okay. And, all right. Well, the main thing I'm taking out of that is they won't take responsibility. And I'm sorry I'm being really short with everybody because so many people want to come on. But Neve, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. Frank, hi. How are you? Hi, Frank. Neil, how are you? I'm good, Frank. How are you keeping? Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Are you Frank Maureen's other? Or not Maureen. The other half. Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Mm. No, that's a different person. Okay. No, but maybe you could arrange it. Oh, right. Frank, COVID-19, do you think people need to take the blame for it? Are the things that we did uh, wrong and the things we did right, maybe? I don't know. Absolutely. But your original question was, what did it take from you? What did it take from you, Frank? Justice. Justice? Yeah. Okay. And how did it take justice from you? Um, four months before it, I went to my local station and talked about what happened to me when I was a, a child. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I can only imagine what that we're going to go into here now, but sorry to hear that. Right, what we're going into now is... Abuse, I imagine. You, basically, because... I'm assuming it's abuse it, you're talking about, Frank. 
Yeah, Christian brother, yeah. Yeah, okay. And everything went grand. Seven hours of talking. Yeah. And the guard, delighted. Um, absolutely fantastic. And they sent our file. The DPP accepted it. And a month into COVID, the word came back, no prosecution because of COVID. Oh, that's that's that good. So they um, used they used COVID as an excuse, but apart from anything else, they didn't want to prosecute many cases because they didn't have the court time. Uh, yeah, totally about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know, I know. So, I mean, so you didn't get justice. By the way, the in, the, the individual responsible for your abuse is he still alive? Uh, as far as I know, yes. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, if it's true and indeed, hopefully his life is miserable. You know? It is true. Um, yeah. He's been convicted on seven other cases. Uh, well, hopefully he'll rot in, the, in his grave at some point in his life. You know, but, um, dirty swine. It it took me a tough forty years to mm. go to the station. Frank, I'm very ah. Frank. I, I I'm really so sorry. I tell you what I'll do, Frank. I'd love to talk to you again because I'm talking about COVID specifically today and I know this is in relation to it but I would love to talk to you again in more detail about that when we, maybe during the week, maybe next week when we, we kind of delve into so maybe that topic a little bit more. Would you be interested in coming on talking ah, to yeah, us? Ab- absolutely. Okay. By Nate or whatever. Okay, listen, thank you Frank and I, and I will talk to you, I promise. I'd love to talk to you in more detail about it because I, I, I feel bad actually cutting you short in relation to that very serious story. Uh, let me go to Adam. Adam, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. How are things? Good. Nice to talk to you again, Adam. Adam, COVID-19, two and a half years of our lives that we'd rather forget about. Ireland had the second longest lockdown in the world. When we look at countries that had literally no lockdowns, the evidence now in the published papers show us that it really didn't make a huge amount of difference. We all understood at the start why we had to have restrictions and all those things because we we were unsure of what it was and the data and everything else. We now know it didn't really affect people under the age of 70 and it mainly affected people over the age of 70, a bit more dangerous than the flu for people over the age of 70. So did we make a massive mistake and overreact? You know what, Niall, I think it should be your birthday every day because I actually agree with you for once um, on something. Happy birthday to me. I'll show my badge again to people. There's my badge. Um... I completely agree that we they have so much to answer for. And I'm going to come at this from the perspective of a young person that went through COVID. I was 21 when COVID hit. Okay. I was 23 when we came out of lockdown. So I spent the last year of my college in, you know, uh, studying from home. And Being antisocial. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's not what college is for. You know, really. Yeah, I, I, know I said that so many paper. times. People of your age, right? Particularly between yeah. 18 and 23, right? That's the kind of prime years of your life. I remember that time in my life, going out, meet, making friends, going to nightclubs, going to bars, having the crack, going on holidays, all those things. You missed all of that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And you can see now there's a massive, massive proportion of people my age who are kind of trying to play catch up almost. And it's, it's really played into, I think, the correlation between COVID and now the massive drug issues that are in Dublin within mm-hmm. my age group yeah. really needs to be studied because... You know, you see a lot of the guys that I would have been friends with in college and stuff, and obviously we're all working, you know, very well-paid jobs now. The amount of cocaine that goes through this city is absolutely unreal. I know, And I think think there's a correlation there. And to be honest, I really do think, you know, I I obviously guess there was so many people have come on with different stories, but I think young people, especially my age group, were just, you know, excuse my French, but we were totally fucked over by the whole thing. Yeah. 
you know, we were told to isolate for something that realistically had virtually, you know, nothing to do with us. Yeah. Um, Paying massive you know, we college were, fees when you we were sitting at home doing an online course that you could do any time. Ex- yeah, exactly. And we were we were also, you know, it was a case of when the vaccine rollout started, um, and you know, um, you know, the elderly were getting their vaccines first, and then it went down to the forties and the fifties. I distinctly remember we hadn't been offered our vaccine yet, but they said, "Oh, we're opening everything up, but only for people with a vaccine pass." So, <laughs> young people <laughs> so, once again. Yeah, we we hadn't even been offered. What was your what was your feeling on the vaccine? By the way, did you want the vaccine, or did you only get it because you kind of felt you had to? Or what was your feeling on the vaccine? Do you want me to be completely honest, Niall? I got the vaccine so I could go to the pub. Yeah, Yeah, do you want me to be completely honest? I got the vaccine so I could go on my holidays to America. That was the only reason I got it. Yeah, and And I actually regret that now. Yeah. You know, and, and from a personal standpoint, uh, my partner at the time, he was, we met, he was studying abroad in 2020. He was from America. He had to go home early because of COVID. We didn't see each other for a year. We did long distance. We did all of that. I got the vaccine as well so I could go over to America to see him. But from a more personal standpoint, um, you know, my mother, my little brother, my little sister and my stepfather, um, they all live in New Zealand. I'm half Kiwi. Yeah. And I didn't get to see my family for three years. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's got strict so, over there so, too. Yeah, uh, very strict. The borders were completely closed. There was no getting in. There was no getting out. Yeah, that. Um, whole, do you remember that whole fourteen-day thing? Remember they were putting people in hotels for fourteen days. Uh, look, I could, I could, I could go on and on about my disdain for Jacinda Ardern, but I won't <laughs> get into that today. Mary um, Poppins. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, stop! Um, bankrupted the country in New Zealand. They're yeah. in a worse state than we were in two thousand and eight. Oh yeah, but, she's the worst prime minister they've ever had. But they didn't realize yeah. that at the time, but they thought she was doing a oh, good job. Sure. I, I fucking voted for her because yeah. I was living in the country at that point. Uh-huh. But um. You know, it's uh, for me. I kind of, I just think realistically, it, it really did the the effect on on people in my age group who kind of missed yeah. those really key years. It just the the the, the effects are still going. I mean, well, it had a massive it. effect on every age group in a different way. You know, there was different yeah, ways. I mean, for thing. example, younger thing. people than you who were doing the junior cert and even cert, they missed out badly because they couldn't do the exams. And they missed out yeah. their education. And I think it genuinely did affect them. You know, and then you had younger kids again affect them. They couldn't have their little parties with their little friends or play out on the road or whatever it is. So I think it affected everybody a little bit differently, but it seriously did affect everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know what, this this whole case of um, what, 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 what Tony's saying now about that he did nothing wrong, I mean, that's just blatantly untrue. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, I think I'd have a lot more respect for the man if he came out and said, look, we had data at the time. We went off that, but in hindsight, right. that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, be honest. Be, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd have a lot more respect for him. But you know what? I I think at this point, you know, and look, there's certain parts of COVID that you know I I, I don't agree with putting a, a photo of Tony Holohan on a on a you know a, a noose uh, like no. The no, 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 no. That was uh, you know totally uncalled for. But I think you know what? There's 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 ways to to criticize what happened in this country without it becoming, you know, this this mad kind of rigmarole that seems to kind of but there should be, there should be yeah, COVID. but there should be a, a proper inquiry into it. Now, I know, I know Leo said nobody's got, it won't be a blame game like the UK, but there should be a proper inquiry yeah. because there was some stupid stuff done that was completely unnecessary that damaged people's oh. lives irreparably. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I'm not sure if you remember this, Niall, but like I, I distinctly remember when we were all being told to stay at home and stuff and, and even still, there was flights into Dublin Airport every single day. There was tourists getting off the plane yeah. <laughs> that didn't have to isolate. Like there was, you know, what there was so many mistakes done 
that yeah. realistically just own up and admit the fact that the mistakes were made. Yeah. You know, and we, I think we'd all have a lot more respect and a lot more time to kind but of here's, listen. But here's the, the most bizarre part of it, right? You know, there's, you know, a lot of people at the moment, I have a cold at the moment, I don't think I have COVID, but I have a chest infection of cold, I'm on antibiotics over the last week, right? But a lot of people have inverted commas COVID at the moment, have the virus, right? And some people yeah. are in hospital, maybe there's one or two people in ICU, which was always a little bit of a lie, by the way, because I know somebody who works in a hospital and she said those figures about people who were in ICU, said most of those were not in ICU because of COVID. They were in ICU for another reason and they may have been tested and had COVID, right? Anyway. Yeah. So, but the figures are more or less the same now as they were two years ago. Um, just as many people die, you know, from viral respiratory infections right now at this very moment in time as they did two years ago. We're not locking the country down now. So why? Is it because we don't care about people now or we just overcared about them then? Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, what's like, the difference? The thing is, like, March 2020, it was, it was as the same as everyone else, you know. We all stayed home. We didn't know what this was. I can't, you know, yeah, we all of course, kind of yeah. banded together. And, yeah, we seen and the videos on WhatsApp of Chinese people dropping dead on the streets and we thought there was something seriously yeah, happening. And, and, you know, and we, we all saw what was going on in Italy and, and we kind of said, well, we can't, we can't have that here, you know. And, and I, I well, totally we, well, if we look into it now, there's been a book written about what happened in Italy and how that happened in Italy. And I, I don't want to go mm. into it in the air, but it shouldn't have happened. It was bad management. Yeah. And it was bad management across Europe, to be honest. I mean, yeah. the whole thing was just a piss take, realistically. But, you know, I think it's, it is, it's the first lockdown, I was like, yeah, but, it, you know, when I, when I look back now, I remember we were all having conversations kind of as a, as a group of friends who were all 22, 21 at the time. And the amount of people who were just like, I, I can't, I can't physically do this anymore. Because obviously we were all living at home. We were all cooped up with our parents. We had no respite from the family yeah. you couldn't go see your friends like a lot a lot of people seriously were were considering some some really horrific things oh no i should talk um, to joe earlier on the air and he said and i i heard and and yeah. the, the, the you know uh, you know and, and to, the, to the caller as well that just came on before it's absolutely disgusting what happened to himself as well yeah you know the, the church has so much transfer for in this oh country. yeah oh, look, that's a, there's a whole other it, show on that it, yeah that, that's a, adam, adam do me do me a favor say there adam just for a second let me just bring malachi in as well malachi hi how are you Good afternoon, Niall, and happy birthday. Welcome to the club. Oh, <laughs> the club. Yeah, well, at least I made it to 60, you know what I mean? It's something, isn't it? I know. Um, it's something that I never thought I'd do. Yeah. Certainly when I was in my 20s, I didn't think I'd get much further than that. Yeah, I, I had this thing, by the way. I don't know whether we all go through this in life. It's all ahead of you, Adam, right? But I don't know whether we all go through this thing in life. When you get to about, say, 40, I think it is. You start saying silly things to yourself, right? If I could just get to Christmas, I'd be happy. <laughs> if I could just make it to my birthday, I'd be happy. You, you do start saying things like that to yourself. It's bizarre. Well, right. well, in my case, now, it was, there were many people in my 20s who were trying to ensure I didn't make it. <laughs> anyway, Malik, you're getting back to COVID-19. Tony Holahan says he hadn't made a single mistake. Oh. Well, mustn't he be the greatest man in the world? Because, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Um, and when you look at Varadkar's comments, you know, we'll have an inquiry, but there'll be nobody held responsible. Isn't that the problem in this country? You know, nobody has have ever held accountable or responsible for anything they do. What we actually do is we give them a bigger job. Just instance, the head of Tulsa, which is a disaster, is now the head of the HSE. Yeah. On double the money. You know, we reward failure in this country. But you look at the head of the look at the head of the HSE on half a million quid made a complete haze of it, and then they gave him a job as head of the Citizens Assembly. 
Yeah, you know, well, and, when, you're, you when, see, you're part, when you're part of the boys' club, you're part of the boys' club. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. it. You know, they're, they're never accountable to the people. And one of the worst things in the whole COVID thing was putting old people into nursing homes and telling their families to talk to them through the window. Now, any family that went and done that, you know, needs to really reassess their own position. Um, because if my parents were in a nursing home and I was told that, I would have took them out and I wouldn't have cared yeah. how I'd done it. Yeah. You know, um, and people, even today, I mean, if I go back to even the, the, the anti-free speech march uh, protest on Saturday by the NGOs, loads of them still wearing masks. Coppinger in, included. What, what, what's that about? You know, well, I, well, look, if somebody wants to wear a mask, I don't care. That's their own business. Just don't tell me to wear one. But yeah, but you see, that's not what they're doing. What they're doing is to subliminally tell you that there's something out there and that you're being, because this is the way people have been indoctrinated, that you're the bad person now for because you're going to spread this. And we're now moving on to the next virus from India, whatever it's called, Mela or something. You know, um, oh, don't be saying that. Jeez, I hope there's another one. You know, and... Well, I mean, Gates has now sold... Um, well, well, they are signing up to this. What's the story with this treaty they're signing up to with the WHO? Now, they nearly signed up to it this year, but it'll be next year probably, whereby the next time a COVID happens, inverted commas, or this a type of pandemic happens, we won't be making decisions that the WHO will make them on our behalf. Well, I mean, they're over there, the three stooges in the UN with, you know, um, Donnelly, you know, and Donnelly's one achievement is you know, that, that people thought Harris was bad as Minister for Health and that you couldn't possibly get any worse. But he has achieved that single-handedly. But they're over there talking to Ryan and, and the others from the WHO about effectively allowing the, the WHO to determine the freedoms and the future of people and decide then when we be locked down, what we be locked down for. You know, you cannot give any unelected body. You can't even give an elected body that power. That's why we have constitutions in countries to protect people to protect people from the state. It's not to protect the state from the people. It's to protect the people from the overreaching. I mean, we, we, we did seem to forget, by the way, can I mention that Adam raised the, the issue of young people. We kind of thought to ourselves, actually, the young people are grand. They're resilient. They'll get through. There's no problem there. But, I mean, he does raise some really important issues about socialisation, et cetera, et cetera, education. They were affected very badly. Well, no, as I said yesterday, we're continuing to educate people more, but they're becoming less intelligent. You know, where is these people's critical thinking? Why would they sit back? You know, I ignored all of the nonsense that they spread. That they, they, they build, uh, so in other words, why didn't people stand up? Is that what you're saying? Well, yes, and you know, I not did. Why didn't people stand up? Why, and you were the only one now across the media. Why didn't they even question it? Like question it, and then you know, if you agree with them, so be it. But just listen to the indoctrination. Look at the boil that's been spread today about yesterday's protest. You know, uh, Maliki, I'm uh, no, hang on. I, I've already got into that with LA, and I don't really want to go into it again. The protests yesterday. Look, if you're angry, and it's traditional, by the way, the the, the first day back to the doll, the protests outside the doll are quite traditional, right? No, no, hang on, no, no. Let me finish. If you're angry and you are, hang on, you have a right to be angry if you're angry, right, about some issue, whatever issue it happens to be, be it immigration or whatever it happens to be, right? That's your choice. That's why you live in a, in a country where you have free speech and you have a right to be angry. You can go outside the doll. You have the right to peaceful assembly. You can do all of that. 
95% of the people that were there, there wasn't a huge amount of people there, but 95% of them were well-behaved people who were just angry, wanted to shout and roar a bit and get their point across. Fine. But there's always 5% Maliki who are assholes, who act like complete couriers. And you will have that at any football match or any yeah, other... Well, they ruin um, it for everybody. There was no need to harass that. Michael Healy Ray um, like unlike, that. Unlike the media. Well, actually, you know, on, on your programme, probably not now because you don't have time for it, but we'll actually discuss the whole incident with Healy Ray, not just the picture that emerged, and because it's not as it seems in the entirety. Well, what I, seems, well what I saw in the video I saw was he had just come out of the doll... They were haranguing him. They were pushing him. They were throwing things at him. They no, followed him for at least a half a yeah. kilometre. I saw that no. video as well. And yeah. I just have to say, it was, no, it was hold on. He, he looked, Malik, he looked terrified. Hold on, Niall. And, and I don't want to be accusing you of misinformation. He did not come out of the doll. Where was he coming out of? He, oh, okay. Well, I'll go through what happened. But very quickly, Malik. Well, you know, either, you know, we allow the misinformation to continue or we actually set the record straight. Well, I was there. Okay. Unlike all of the other people on the media, you know, and all of the journalists pontificate hating about this, who weren't even there, right? He came up Kildare Street. He went in, to go into Kildare House, which is on the other side um, of Leinster House. Yeah, he, he had just come from the Ploughing. Yeah, right? he just came from the Ploughing Championship, I know. Well, I, well, well, he came up Kildare Street. I don't know where he was before that. Yeah, go on. We're not monitoring these activities. And he was engaging with people who were on the front of the steps who were talking. I mean, he was engaging with them. He walked across the road to go into Leinster House. Now, the barriers were there, but there's a gate in the barrier at the start, which the guards open to allow people in to get into Leinster House or to go further up the street, which yeah. they were doing all day. Right? Okay. Yeah. He went to go in that gate, and there's four guards on that. They didn't open it from. He walked up thinking he could get in, that there might be another gate or something. And I, I was watching this. I was 10 feet away from him at this stage. And I was becoming concerned because a crowd was building around him. A guard got over the barrier. And I said to the chap I was talking to, well, that's all right. He's going to bring him in that gate. But they didn't. They brought him down Kildare Street, which is a couple, not even a couple of hundred yards. It's about 40 yards, Noel, uh, down Kildare Street and turned left. And a crowd did follow them. And there was Jackson, but... Th- th- and we, we have identified... Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, hang on, Malik. You just explained what happened. That's exactly what I saw. That yeah. was, and it was wrong. Why did the guards not allow him... Well, well, that, well, that, well, that's neither here nor... That's bad policing, fair enough, right? But that's neither here nor there. That still doesn't give people the right to do what they were doing to him. Hold on. Well, no, you I'm haven't, you haven't corrected the record, Malik. I have corrected the no, record. No, you haven't. It's, it's exactly what I saw on the video. No, the footage that has been out there shows him... No, 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 you're missing missing the point. It doesn't matter about him not getting through a gate or a guard jumping over the railings to help him or walk him down Kildare Street. That's all irrelevant. The point is, he didn't didn't hit anybody. It created the situation. Okay, well, well, answer me. It doesn't matter who created the situation. Answer the question. Did Michael Healy Ray hit anybody? No. Did he he push anybody? No. No, he didn't. Why are you even asking these questions, right? No, no, because I'm just saying to you, he didn't deserve the treatment that he got. Look at what happened. No, he didn't. And, and, well, that's all. Well, that's, well, that, I'm glad we agree on that. Yeah. I'm not justifying it, and it shouldn't have happened, right? But these things do happen, Niall, and nobody has control. They, they don't. And what the well, 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 hang on, well, hang on, sorry. Well, hang on, Maliki. Adam, what are you trying to say to Maliki there? 
Sorry. I just, like, what do you mean these things do happen? These things do happen because there's, like, I mean, to be honest, the people who did that yesterday, you know, I don't use this term because it's a term by the far left, but the people who are out harassing politicians, that's the death of democracy. That's fascist behavior. No, it's not. Oh, hold, on, politicians. hold on, hold on. Wait, no, I tell you. How many protests have you? I'm at protest army life, and I'm the same age as Niall. I'm at protest since I was a kid. I've been at hundreds, if not thousands, over the years. It's okay to protest, and people will always be roaring and shouting. No, but it appears it's only okay now to do the right protests. We've been told that you can't protest outside hospitals. You can't protest outside refugee centres. Go to the job. And right, there will be people angry and there will be people roaring and shouting. I had far worse and more vulgar shouts and roars at the, from the left at the Posey Parker um, rally last Saturday. Stuff that you couldn't put on the news I was at that I was at that I was at that I was I was I was I was at that I I was at that protest. I was at that protest. I was Okay, well, look, I, I, don't, I don't really have time. Hang on, I don't have time. Adam, I'm going to be fair to both of you here, right? You know, but well, hang on, left and right equally have the right to protest, and they have been equally vile, by the way, can I just point out. So we're going to be fair on that. Hold on. Okay, so, but, no, hang on but no, hang on, Malik. I'm not going to get into protest today. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> I'm just saying, Maliki. I just, I, I would, if, if it was Adam and his crew out protesting and they jostled somebody like that, they jostled, say, a right-wing politician, I would equally go on the air and, and go on Twitter and say it was wrong. What I'm saying is, protest all you want, whatever side you happen to be on, Maliki, shout and roar, call names, because common abuse is, is fine, right? But what I'm saying to you is, you don't jostle somebody or push somebody well, on, or troll <laughs> things. They were throwing things at him. What's that about? Somebody said they threw a bottle of piss at him. The like, journal described, well, that shouldn't have happened. I mean, that's wrong. Well, that, I'm no, glad you're saying it's wrong. The kind of piss was at a different... Oh, well, it doesn't matter who the piss was at. And I don't believe that happened. And if it did happen, it's wrong. Of course it's wrong. You know, it's wrong. I mean, Stan, I mean, when I'm looking at some of these people, not all of them, can I just point out, 90% of protesters are good people. They're there for a reason. When you agree with the reason, that is irrelevant, right? But they're there for a reason. But when I see people roaring into a guard's face, you're nothing but a prick. Why don't you get a real fucking job? I'm going, what? They're, they're not protesters. They're, they're just there to make people angry. That's not protest. All right, wait, I tell you. Hold on. No, Pro- protests again for a reason. Well able to deal with that, and are well able. I, I understand. Well no, I understand civil disobedience, Maliki. But what I'm saying is, when you're goading somebody, looking for a to. reaction, they shouldn't have. To. There was no civil disobedience. Oh. Okay. Okay. I, as I said, I agree with the right to protest. I agree with some of the reasons people are out there protesting. I understand. I understand why people are angry. Be angry. I, I encourage people to protest, but I don't encourage people to behave badly. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Lyle, you cannot determine how everybody yeah. will act. We might want people to act Look, in a certain way. You cannot control everybody. Okay, look, I, 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 I'm going way over time here. I have to wrap it up. Adam, and remember, the, the people who organise this protest. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I've lost there. Adam, Adam, are you there? 
Oh, I've lost the two. I've lost the two. Are you, either way, no, you're I there. Got you there yeah. uh, okay, just yeah. A, f- a final word from each of you. 30 seconds. Go ahead, Adam. I, I'm here, I think. Well, I can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. Well, I know what's wrong. I've lost. I've actually lost both the lines. They can't hear me now. Adam and Maliki, I'm going to say thank you to both of you. All right. And equally, I agree with both of you to some degree. Although I, I'm going to say, Maliki, I understand the point you were trying to make about the guard and it was badly managed and maybe that drove the situation the way it was but it still doesn't give anybody a reason to behave in that fashion. Thank you to everybody, by the way, who got involved in the show today. I could have filled three hours with the amount of people who wanted to come on and talk about COVID-19 and equally some people wanted to come on and talk about yesterday's protest. And to clarify once again my position on yesterday's protest, I support everybody who went out there to protest outside the door yesterday. I support them. I support your right to protest. I support your right to be angry, and you should be angry because the government are making very bad decisions. Some good decisions, but very bad ones as well when it comes to housing, accommodation, immigration, and all those other things that you might have concerns about. But I do not, under any circumstances, support violence. I do not, under any circumstances, support you pushing or throwing things at a politician. For whatever reason, no matter how much you despise them, They're doing their job. If you don't agree with the job they're doing, we get them out. You vote them out in the next election. May not be good enough for you, but that's the way democracy works. Say what you want about them. Within reason, obviously. Shout and roar at them if you want to. Tell them how shite they are at doing their job. Put it up on a placard if you want to. But you do not touch them. You do not push them. You do not kick them. You do not beat them. You do not throw things at them. And the majority of protesters are good people. People who want to protest are generally good people. But for some reason, there's an element amongst the protesters. And the rest of you protesters should weed them out and tell them you don't want them there because they give you all a bad name. And all that happens then is the media turn it into, look what the protesters done. When it wasn't the protesters. It was the usual 10 or 20 individuals who are just scumbags looking for trouble. That's all. Thank you very much indeed. Hope you enjoy the show today. Don't forget, please support us to continue to give you a voice on the air so you can come on the air and say what you want, uncensored, and have a chat to us. Every single day I give you this platform, even if I have a cold, and even if it is my birthday. All you got to do is go to our website, nileboylan.com. That's nileboylan.com. And if you go there, by the way, you can listen to any of the shows free of charge, just like we don't charge you every day for listening to it and watching it right here. But if you go to the website, you can support us and watch all of the videos that we have produced over the last three months. So it's nileboylan.com. It's the price of a pint of beer. I would ask you to try and help us out, try and support us, to continue to give you that platform every single day. Also, by the way, can we just say before we go, um, our senior producer is in hospital. Sadly, so we're operating with just the two of us today. That's why you're not seeing names coming up on the screen so efficiently today. Because, uh, sadly, uh, he's very unwell at the moment. And hopefully he will get better very soon. Uh, We're hoping that he will be out of hospital uh, before the weekend. Hopefully he gets some good news. Um, So we wish him well. We miss him. And uh, thank you to everybody uh, for getting involved in the show. And uh, we shall talk to you again. I have to remember what button to press now because he normally presses it for me. We will be back again with you tomorrow at 12. No, not tomorrow because tomorrow's Friday. Monday. Don't forget, by the way, over the weekend, you can listen back to any of the shows that we did. We did a couple of interviews during the week that we didn't put out live. It was a great interview yesterday with Joshua Shea. 
uh, who is an addiction specialist when it comes to pornography. But you will be horrified and shocked at his story. So go to our website. It's on the website, nileboylan.com. Talk to you again tomorrow at 12. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 